Okay. Um, so, that was a good meditation. I feel a little weepy. Um, okay, friends. We are in the midst of a revolution. Um, and, wow, a lot has happened in the last week. I'm really grateful that we get this opportunity to be here together and to care for ourselves and to chat. Um, I also want to name for myself as uh, I start to speak um, that in no way am I reinventing the wheel here, that all the things that I talk about and teach you guys um, come from teachers and from my lineage and from all of the studying that I do. So just to name that, I'm just a person. Uh, who got really into this kind of stuff and (laughs) wants to share it with all of you. Um, I also want to name that um, it's been uh, kind of a hard week for me and I feel a little bit off. Um, My mama has cancer again and it feels uh, like not only is all of this happening in the world, but then in all of our lives, things keep happening that are also just life stuff, like parents getting sick and... um, you know, kids getting sick, my son's still kind of an asshole, we're working with it, <laughs> and, and you know, like, life stuff is still happening that we have to be present for, so it's just been a little bit of a tender week, I think, which is why I feel um, a little bit um, weepy today, but that's just life. Um, say a prayer for my mom, though, she could use it, um, it was a little bit, it was like a little bit of a surprise, um, I think I had convinced myself that she did have it, and then I was like, no, she didn't, I'm just being negative, because she already had kidney cancer earlier in the year. And then all of a sudden, I was, and then, I, and then it was like both in, at once happening in me, um, where um, it was dealing with the, oh, I kind of knew, but then also I had hope, and then the reality of being with what is. Okay, so um, this revolution is happening here in our country and really around the world. And I am going to say something that I said to you guys um, many, many times before. And it is that, oh, thanks, sweet pea. Um, which is that your energy matters. Um, I think that my belief is, is that since, uh, well, for a really long time now, that as citizens in this country, that we have sort of come to believe that what we do and what we think and how we carry ourselves doesn't really matter. A lot of it is seemed kind of futile. And that is a buying into the patriarchy that wants to keep us small and quiet, right? And so that's sort of the focus of today's talk is about how our energy matters and the way in which we relate to ourselves and to the world is important especially in this moment, and that each of us has a particular wisdom and medicine to bring to the revolution right now. You have a a particular offering to bring right now. Do you hear this? Like, I want you to, like, take that in, because I feel like it's important. Because I don't know about you, but when I hear that, even in myself right now, there's a little bit of that quivering of, like, no, I don't. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that's that, what we talked about a couple weeks ago, of that we tend to make an idol out of perfectionism, right? Rather than a being with what is, right? Because if we're being with what is, it is always perfect and it is always flawed simultaneously. Um, 
I believe that the core wound of American culture is racism. And when we think about that in yogic terms, the core wound would be translated as samskara, which is essentially a deep groove that we have to work out karmically. And that deep groove right now is being worked out right now in a really intense way, right? For the better, hopefully, for the better. Um, and if we're working, I, I, if we're working here thinking about, um, we're at the love hive, like even if it's virtual, we're still at the love hive. And so the subject, as Rumi says, is love and will be forever after. Um, but if the working definition of love is saying yes to what is, then the next inquiry becomes, how are we saying yes to this moment right now? Right? So let me say that again. If the definition that we're working with for love this year for myself and then hopefully for all of you is to say yes to what actually is, how are we saying yes to this moment right now? Right? Um, and it's ultimately, in that line of inquiry, an invitation to stay present and soft and welcoming to the experience our body is having and our hearts are having right now. Make sense? That's the invitation. How welcoming can we be? How present can we be to the experiences that our bodies and our hearts are having currently at this moment? How can we say yes to that in a really deep way? Um, and you notice, friends, that in the meditation, perhaps this morning, or if you've ever meditated or even tried to stay present for three breaths, how easy it is to quickly go to thinking mind. Did anyone have that experience? If you didn't raise your hand, I know you're lying. Just kidding. <laughs> um, and and there's, it's like we get the opportunity to rest in our body, to rest back into something larger than ourselves, but so quickly our minds want to do the work for us of being doing storytelling and making meaning or thinking about what's coming next, right? And when we do that, we intellectualize um, and we make an idol out of process and strategy, right? And in this moment, making an idol out of process and strategy, I don't think is necessarily um, beneficial for us, that there is Hmm. I heard a teacher say, oh, damn, I need to write teachers' names down more. I'll post it on my stories later. Um, but he essentially was talking about this work of being in the body uh, with our own racism in this moment and how important it is. And he said, he was like, you know, all of the inclusivity trainings and books that we read haven't really done it. And I believe that, actually, and it might be a little bit controversial. I think that that's a first step is educating ourselves, but it's also doing the work of being able to sit with the discomfort of our own, um, and I'm speaking to the white folks in the room in particular right now because that's my experience, to sit in the discomfort of our own whiteness, right? And to be able to be with that, really be with that in our bodies. Um, and this is the practice. It's not um, about, we can't think ourselves, right, into doing things differently. We have to feel ourselves into doing things differently. Does this make sense, friends? Um, I, I believe it. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> I got a thumbs up. 
she was laying down and all I saw was a thumb come up. <laughs> that was great. Um, we have to feel ourselves into doing things differently. Um, and, oh, let me come back to my notes. I'm going to take a deep breath. Okay. So in our work to become anti-racist, right, when we move toward intellectualizing and making meaning and storytelling and fixing, right? And I also would like to say, and then pointing out other people's imperfections and the way that they're doing it wrong is another thing that we tend to do. Do, Have you guys done this in the last week? If you're not raising your hand, then you're probably not telling the truth. (laughs) Then we end up centering our own comfort, right? rather than what is actually at hand, which is becoming anti-racist, right? Which is working to become an active anti-racist. And it's because um, when we intellectualize and we point the finger and we make meaning, we are moving away from the discomfort that we feel in our own body when we really root ourselves in what it's like to live in this moment, to live in this body. Um, and moving towards sort of a fix-it mentality. And, and that way we're centering our own comfort rather than staying focused on what the purpose of this moment is. Um, yeah, and it's easier ultimately to stay t- tied to the idol of perfection, perfectionism than it is to feel, right? To feel is really hard. And I want to say right here, because this is important, that um, you have to start where you are. Right? You can't start where I am. You can't start where the person on one of the corners of the screen is. You have to start where you are right now in your relationship to feeling. And wherever that is, is okay. Right? Wherever that is, is okay. And it might be just acknowledging, like, I'm in this body. Right? And I'm in this body. And it might just start there. <laughs> And, and you don't even feel anything for a couple of months. And then this is the practice, is that we start to place importance upon this practice. And then we do it and we do it and we do it. And then it's, it's like that thing that we talk about all the time is that, that that doorway between practice and our life and our life and practice becomes invisible, that it all becomes one. And that we just start doing it naturally, right? And when we see ourselves moving toward intellectualizing or trying to fix rather than to coming back to feeling, um, that that is a flag on the field and we can say like, no, wait, like I've been practicing this. I know what to do now. And we can pause and we can feel our hands. We can put our hands on our heart and change our way of doing it so that we're moving from a place of feeling rather than from a place of thinking. Um, thinking's important. I just want to say that this is just my work in the world is to help you be in your body <laughs> And I think also we're going to get full circle here, and I'll tell you why it's so important. Um, So the work of yoga is to build a practice that doesn't center comfort, but rather centers love and connection, right? Which means saying yes to what is and being willing to withstand the discomfort of staying in our own bodies and being present. And the medicine we bring to this moment will be more potent if it comes from a deep tending to and being with ourselves from our inner experience, right? Not from the experience of intellectualizing. Does this make sense, friends? 
Um, yes, okay, good. So when we tend to our deep inner experience, it means being able to be with the discomfort. Here's the thing, friends. This is the secret of intimacy, is that conflict breeds intimacy. Do you know when you have a fight with someone and there's like a disagreement and you don't, it like feels yucky, but then you're willing to be vulnerable enough to work through it. And then afterwards you're like, oh my God, I love you so much. I'm so grateful that we worked through this. Does anyone know this feeling? Raise your hand so that I know. Yes. So ultimately what we're doing when we're sitting with discomfort with ourselves is that we have the opportunity to create greater intimacy with our own inner experience so that the medicine and the wisdom and the offering that we bring to this moment comes from that place, which is rooted in the wisdom of our intuition from our heart. Yeah? I'm going to read you a quote now from the Bhagavad Gita to finish things up, and we'll talk about action a little bit more. Oh, did I lose it? I think I know exactly what page it's on. Just give me a second, friends. Oh, here it is. Yep. Page 20 in Light on Yoga. So, um, Mr. Engar says, The Bhagavad Gita also gives other explanations of the term yoga and lays stress upon karma yoga, which is yoga by action. It is said, work alone is your privilege, never the fruits thereof. Never let the fruits of action be your motive and never cease to work. Work in the name of the Lord, abandoning selfish desires. Be not affected by success or failure. This equipoise is called yoga. This is called yoga, friends, is that we stay with the work and abandon our relationship to outcome, right? Because if the work is coming from our hearts, right, then that means that is in line with wisdom, that is in line with our highest selves, and then we have to then trust that what comes next, right, is going to be right for all. Um, And here's the thing, friends, is that I was thinking about this Um, you know my son and I in his work and trying to not be so (laughs) preteen self-focused so hard to live with someone who's so self-focused right now it's kind of insane we've been reading Anne Frank together and I'll read it aloud to him and then he reads it aloud to me just for him to widen and shift his perspective and I was thinking about Anne Frank and this 13 year old girl writing in her diary and she had no idea when she was doing that that what the fruit of her action would be none at all she just did it and she wasn't trying to be perfect right she's a little bit sassy pants has anyone read Anne Frank lately she's a little bit sassy pants like Ursa actually said she he was like man she really like gossips about the other people in the house you know and she's she does. It's funny. She's still 13. And she's, um, but she didn't know at that time when she was being really honest and just writing her heart out and saying, Dear Kitty, yours and day after day, what a profound impact that was going to have on the world, right? And so, in that same way, we engage in our right action from our hearts, from our, from our um, most rooted, wise place. 
and give up any idea that we're going to know the impacts of our actions. And there's a freedom there, friends. All of this being, it's a, it's a paradox, which means that it's worth noting, is that all of this being with our hearts and being with ourselves and being with the discomfort of what it's like to be in this body in this moment ultimately makes us freer. And the same way that after a conflict with someone we love, that when we come back together and we figure it out and we compromise, that the feeling of love between you and that person is then much freer. Does that make sense? And that's the goal here. And 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 Frank, I don't know, I just think it's such a lovely example to think of. So when, if you don't know if, and if it matters, if your energy matters, just think of Anne Frank and be like, she had no idea. She had no idea the impact, and she did it anyway. And can we move from that place? Okay. I love you guys very much. We've got a class that we're going to focus on the show. We're going to do more of that shoulder stuff that we did the other day, um, which was really good. If you weren't here, get ready to feel a little bit better. We're also going to work on the psoas um, a little bit. Both of these places, we talk about this a lot, but... um, we tend to get gripped and turned in like this, and that's our nervous system um, creating a fight, flight, freeze, fawn response. And so if we can unwind that in our bodies, we will have more of an opportunity to be with love, to say yes to what is happening right now. So props are gonna be blocks, um, a strap, a scarf, a towel, something like that, and we are gonna use that right away. Um, and then if you don't have blocks, um, I I do want you for the end to have like a ball or something like that. Oh, thank you, Allie. Um, I do want you to have a ball or something like that around so that we can use it towards the end. We've kind of abandoned peak post sequencing this week in service more to being with our bodies and being in the practice and not being goal oriented. It is on purpose. and if you need to re-listen to this talk to remember why, thank you, Sweet P, um, then please re-listen to it. I'll probably post it on the podcast or you'll have access to it for 24 hours. Okay, let's head to our mats. We're going to start standing for a moment and shake it out.